You're listening to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Dan. And I'm Jenny. Let's get started. Episode 2, Melrose is like a box of chocolates. Air date September 18th, 1995. This doesn't make any sense. They're For- getting really lazy with their titling. Real lazy. Forrest Gump came out July 6th, 1994. I checked it. What the fuck does this even mean? No idea. Just you, that you never you know. You never know what you're going to get. I know what you're going to get. Messed up building. (laughs) Well, that brings us to our cold open. Melrose is on the mend. There's a lot of workers, a lot of hammer, a lot of nail. A lot of windows patched up. A lot of dudes in hard hats just putting in the work. And Amanda is pacing in Sydney's apartment that they are sharing while Sydney is singing a heavy metal song? I don't know what she's singing. She's literally going... I've sung in the shower, but never to that aggro. It's very aggressive singing. It's not even a melody. And okay, maybe she's doing it just to get on Amanda's nerves. It's very reminiscent of Michael's... Sort of humming while he's cooking. Oh, yeah. So Amanda bursts into the bathroom and says that she needs to get out of the shower. It's her turn to get ready. We see that they're really not getting along very well as roommates. And Amanda suggests that since Sydney isn't paying any rent that she can now start paying all the utilities and all the hot water that she wants to waste. Sydney's like, look, this is my place. I've got first dibs on the phone and the TV. Because <laughs> we got one line. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. And Amanda, if someone, I don't care who you are, comes into the shower and turns off the knobs while I'm in it, like, no. You would get physically, like, yeah. removed. There would be an altercation. Yeah. I, yeah, don't, I don't understand this from Amanda. Uh, so now, Sydney is kind of rethinking her, her stance now that she's responsible for paying the utilities. But how can a landlord just do this to you? They can't. No. But in the world of Melrose Place, it's like a box of chocolates, Dan. You never know. (laughs) You just never know. So Joe and Matt, they come to Melrose, and it seems as though they're shacking up together. 
Now, as they are making their way into Joe's apartment, they see Jake hobbling his way to his apartment. His leg seems worse after having to kneel down to pick up the brooch. <laughs> You're totally right. I'm really looking deep into this. <laughs> that brooch picking up thing really set impacted him back. himself. It set him back. Well, he's he's got his cane and he tells both Matt and Joe that there is going to be a party at Shooter's. Drinks on him. Everybody's invited. Joe. I, th- I thought he just said Matt was invited. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe he didn't include Joe. But Joe asks, what is it for? And he says. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And, and what is that? Death of Jess? Is that what he's celebrating? I think that's what he's like. <laughs> he's in. Hey, guys, come to my bar. My brother's dead. He's insinuating that. Yeah. That's. That's an odd party. Yeah. Yeah, he's having sort of a breakdown. Um, But yeah, Jake tells them to to all come. And um, now Billy, he knocks on Jane's door to talk to Allison. And Allison comes out of her room with her blind glasses on. Are those just like, does the hospital issue those to you? I mean, it's like, it is the quintessential glasses that you, like when you think of three blind mice, it's like, that's it. Once you go blind, the doctor has just a drawer full of those glasses. Just like totally round, (laughs) completely black. And you enter into like the blind room where they let you know you're officially blind. And then they hand you the care package with those glasses. Got it. Okay. And um, so she pops her head out and um, he, Allison's just like, Billy, just go away. You're married. And then Billy replies with just a simple, I care about you. Well, she she makes this little clever quip. She says, I'd rather live in the dark than to have to see you with Brooke. Mm. Now, Jane's really impressed by this line. So Billy leaves and Jane asks, when do you plan on telling Billy that your blindness is temporary? And of course, Allison tries to play it off like, oh, it's, I'm not doing that. That's not my intent at all. While this is going on, Jane is cooking like the worst looking breakfast <laughs> It's oatmeal, but man. it does look like slop that you would get at like Looks boot camp. Disgusting. And how is Allison's hair so like? I was thinking about that too. Well done. Her hair looks great. I'm like, whoa. Even when she's blind, hasn't skipped to be gotten over that woofy <laughs> the hermit days. Yeah. But Jane is is praising the way Allison is dealing with Billy. She's and she's almost like marveling at it. She's like. Wow, you're pushing him with one hand and then then drawing him in with another. I really, that's like... It's inspired the way that you're treating him. (laughs) And so this is when Jane says, from here on out, Allison, we've got to make a pact. We've got to decide we're looking out for number one, only ourselves. We're both sick of being stepped all over. What do you want in life? And Allison says... I want my old job back. And Jane says, well, then go get it. Thelma and Louise forever. (laughs) And then Allison's like, okay, but no driving off cliffs. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Next up. But 
Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> they, uh, we got to talk about Allison's blind business. It's insulting to us as the viewer. We and get the it. blind people in general. Yeah, she's like she's touching cups as if to to touch a cup for the first time ever. And I get it. It's got to be weird if you're like. Like right now, I'm trying to feel for my cup and be like, okay. But she's going so far as to like smell the cup. Like you and then know she what like, a cup is. She like <laughs> dips her hand in the liquid and like see like, sniffs oh, it. Oh, this is orange juice. Like, <laughs> it's just like yeah. Like if you. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna close my eyes right now. I just said it too, and it, Dan, it's like so ridiculous. Like okay, yep, That's cup shape. Cup. I know exactly cool. from and one tap and. That, this is how you pick it up. How you bring it to your lips and drink it. But no, like she, it is a very uh, big production. <laughs> yeah. She's like, is this, is this liquid? Is it still round? Is this, oh, oh, should I touch it? How deep is it? Oh, yep. My finger is wet now. <laughs> I will now drink it. <laughs> it's terrible. Next up, we are at Wilshire Memorial where Kimberly is still in lockup. She's still in the psych ward. Yeah, she's all psycho chic, psycho sexy. <laughs> she's curled up in a corner, like just scantily uh, clad, just with her little <laughs> her little dressing, her, her little hospital gown on. Her her psychopath mini mini skirt smock. <laughs> yeah, just like curled up, like oh, someone please make sane out of me. No, Peter comes to visit, and he tells her that she's going to have to plead insanity. That that's the way she's going to get out of this mess is if she can convince everyone around her that she is crazy. But Kimberly is same story. She's like, I've been going over it and over it and I didn't do it. And you know what? Only a crazy person would do something like that. And Peter's like, ding, ding, ding. That's what you you are, pal. You are crazy. And he says, I'm going to have to testify against you. Everybody that was there will testify against you. You need to play this card or else you're going away for the rest of your life. And here's here's the only thing that makes sense is that the explosion must have like reset her and Henry, the mirror buddy. You don't think that she's still playing this? No, I don't. I don't think she's playing it anymore. You think like really in her heart of hearts, she really doesn't remember all yeah. of this. Yeah. I think. Okay. But, th- but so that, that, ha- cause like she was well aware that she had a mirror buddy. She knew he was around. <laughs> she knew he was making her do things. And she actively like tried to do things and would talk to it. Yeah. So the explosion, the being knocked unconscious must have like just rebooted Dislodged her. Dislodged Henry away from her psyche. Yeah. Hmm. But she hasn't been around mirrors. So how does she know unless she looks into a mirror? It's true. It is trigger. It's mirror-based. Like I said in the last episode, it's a mirror-based split personality. But for all, from from me, I think she doesn't remember Mirror Buddy at all. Okay. Next up, we go to Brooke, who is visiting her dad at the... The golf range. Is that what they're called? Mm, I believe those are <laughs> called courses. <laughs> but I think he's like, he's like trying out his, his swing. 
Um, right? Aren't those called ranges? There is a golf course. That's mm-hmm. where you play golf. There's a driving range. Oh, that's what I meant. That's but where I think it's like netted. He's at the golf course, but it's like a driving range part. Okay. I think. Yeah. She has to tell her daddy that they're, her and Billy are deliriously happy living the simple life. Now, it's here that the reveal is that Brooke is due to inherit some money from her mother. Mm. Apparently, her mother had a stipulation on Brooke receiving this inheritance that she had to be married before the first installment could be bequeathed upon her. And so she, She's like, before we get to that, though... Um, can I have an advance on my allowance? <laughs> now, advance on next month's allowance. Daddy says, "Nope, you are Billy's responsibility. You're not getting an allowance from me anymore." And this scene really starts to have you questioning, "Okay, the intent behind Brooke's marriage to Billy seems to have been money-based, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why she pulled for such a short engagement." And Haley says, um, "Looks like you married the wrong guy." Boom. Is Hale is that his name? Haley Armstrong. Haley? Yeah. How did I never catch that before? I like it. I think it's the coolest guest name they've ever made. <laughs> it's like I like male names that are also women's names. Yeah, like Lindsay. Stacy. Kelly. Really? Haley. Yeah. It's cool. Huh. Okay. If you're like if you're like a G about it. Like my name's Stacy. <laughs> Stacy Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. It's cool. And Jenny, like you said while we were watching this, Brooke is like a stunner. She's just so beautiful. Holy shit. I just feel like Kristen Davis's facial structure is so perfect. Mm -hmm. She just is beautiful. It's hard. It's hard to think that she's bad. You know? No. I mean, she Beautiful doesn't equal good to me. I mean, it kind of does for me. <laughs> or it kind of means like I don't care that you're bad. But like I know I'm not supposed to like her, but I'm just like. But you're so pretty. How can yeah, I not? You're okay. <laughs> you're all right. Uh, so now let's head over to D and D. Jane now like is Allison's like caregiver. Yeah. At this which- point. It's kind of weird because she just started that new job at Mackenzie Hart, and it seems like she's like taking over. Yeah. So she has a lot of free time to escort Allison to D and D. A lot of time so, to cook like bad breakfasts. <laughs> so Allison can go in and demand her job back. They walk into the bullpen desk area, and of course, <laughs> Jade has to like give her the play by play of what's going on. And Allison looks like she should have a cane at this point, but instead she's like walking through like a haunted house, like she's scared. <laughs> and she like has her hand up, and she's like, "Oh, please, no one, nobody touch me. I don't, I don't know what's going on." And uh, she says, "I'm here to see Amanda." No pun intended. <laughs> and Brooke promptly gets up and says to her. Hello, Allison. It's Brooke. Do you have an appointment with Amanda? She's very busy, and I don't think she has time to see you today. Get out of my way, Brooke. And she just elbows the shit out of (laughs) her. 
And as she's walking away with Jane, she says, wow, that felt good. And Jane's smiling. She's like, I know, right? <laughs> I threw Amanda through a fucking elevator shaft. How is, how is Jane allowed like within 50 feet of Amanda at this point? Well, who knows? But um, Jane just knows where Al- Amanda's office is, too. Now, the other thing that struck me as weird is that when they barge into Amanda's office, Jane makes the comment, be careful, she's rearranged the furniture. <laughs> and I'm like, Jane, when's the last time you went to D&D and hung out in Amanda slash Allison's office? Gotta be when? long ago. I don't think you've ever been there. How would you know that? And then... <laughs> We also noticed uh, ankle tattoos. Yeah. Um, Both Amanda and Jane have ankle tattoos, and they're very similar looking. Never knew it. Never noticed it before. I wonder if they're if they're real or if they're just like... On, I guess they got to be real, right? I think they're real, and I, I want to know if they're connected, because they look kind of similar. And like after season three, they're like, let's get tattoos. Yeah, like all the girls. And maybe like we don't see Allison's because she has on that like long silk skirt. (laughs) Like, why are you wearing that to work? And kids. Yeah, long silk purple pastel skirt with a sweater and kids. It's shameful. (laughs) It's shameful. But hey, she doesn't have to look at it. So they get into Amanda's office and Allison says, Amanda, I want my old job back. And if you refuse to hire me, I'm prepared to sue you for vis- for being pre- prejudiced against the visually challenged. And Amanda is surprisingly passive and like super happy go lucky. She's just like, what a surprise. It's great to see you. What do the doctors say? I wouldn't dream of not allowing you to have your job back, Allison. You're an asset to any company, and we'd love to have you back here. This How en- about you resume your job tomorrow? This entire experience has changed me, and now I can see that there's more to life than being a complete fucking bitch. This seems put on and weird and somehow self-serving. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where it just seems like such a 180 for Amanda's character, but Allison is totally flabbergasted. She can't believe that Amanda's actually going to let her back into her job without any fight whatsoever. See, Allison's shirt in this scene, the turtleneck, the sleeveless turtleneck as a whole, bad move. But Allison's turtleneck, sleeveless. Looks like a neck brace. Is on, <laughs> it, the, the turtleneck is so thick. It is like out of this world. Never do this, guys. <laughs> Never do this. But um, yeah, Amanda's super stoked to have Allison back. And I really don't get it. Do you remember the lengths that Amanda went to? To get her out of the job? Yeah, you could have probably just had Paul kill her. And that would have been easier. It's, it's this is it's so just, it's, weird. It's so weird. There's so many storylines that I feel like the writers just go, well, now we're Wipe just going to, yeah, we're just going to make this character completely go back on everything they've ever done in the past yeah. and just say, I've turned over a new leaf. I'm going to go back on everything I've ever done. It's like this last episode, 
And now this episode is like a windshield wiper, just like clean, cleaning the slates on everything. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So let's head over to Wilshire Memorial. Peter, Michael, and Dr. Hobbs are having lunch at the cafeteria. And I I made a note that like I really enjoy um, the new scenery. Oftentimes we go to Wilshire Memorial and it's either the waiting room, uh, the reception area, the reception area, a hospital room, or an office. Mm-hmm. Now we have the cafeteria. the cafeteria. It's better than that weird gym they were going to for or a while. that like file room. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all there's in this room are filing cabinets. Doesn't work. I really I'm digging this this calf now. Dr. Hobbs is commenting on Peter's attention to Kimberly and he tells him that he can continue to supervise her care as long as as it doesn't impede on the other um, responsibilities that he has at the hospital. And if they do, his duties with Kimberly are over. Now, Michael jumps in too and says, yeah, why are you being so like caring to Kimberly. She's my ex-wife. She's crazy. I don't know why you are being nice to her in any way. Yeah, I I don't understand it, to be quite honest, either. So Matt comes into the cafeteria, and everyone takes notice, and sort of even the extras are like mean mugging Matt as this like murdering gay who's dangerous to to even be near. Even Peter makes a comment and says, I can't believe he'd show his face around here after what happened. Right. And then Hobbs jumps in and is like, no, 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 relax. He has a meeting with me. He's going to bring me some some papers or whatever. So Matt walks in and then he looks over to his left and he sees for the first time Paul. Conveniently, Paul is having lunch with... A brunette, attractive nurse. It looks like he may be flirting with her. Right. So Matt, like, we know Matt. And his the switch gets flicked. Oh, yeah. He just can't <laughs> help himself. He marches straight over to Paul. Mm-hmm. And he tells him what's what. Yeah, he says... Enjoy it while it lasts, Paul, because the truth is going to come out and everyone's going to know you're a cold-blooded murderer. He also gives the girl a little word of advice saying, you better stay away from him because whoever gets close to him gets murdered. And Paul doesn't like this. So Paul jumps up and like lunges for Matt. But Matt's ready. He turns around and fucking serves him up two knuckle sandwiches. Now, Matt is really like we've seen Matt deliver some very intense punches to people's faces. Matt's Matt's been in the most fights on the show. And he like always goes like right for the punch in the face. Yeah. Every time. I think Matt has fucked up Michael twice. He has he has fought. um, He's gotten jumped. Twice. He, he punches Jake later on in this episode. Yeah. Too. He punches Jake. I think the only guy Matt hasn't fought is probably Billy. But and I bet he that's wants gonna to. happen at some point. <laughs> I bet he wants to real bad. Now 
Matt has to get pulled off of Paul. And as he's getting pulled off by Michael, he says, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Michael says, okay, uh, Matt, you probably don't want to say that in public because people are going to start to believe you. Yeah, this You is... are freaking on trial for murder. <laughs> Guys, not a good look. If you are on parole or you're on, out on bail, you should not fist fight the person who is implicating you in a murder it doesn't look well for you or your case next up we're back at melrose place and sydney and amanda are enjoying time hanging out in their shared apartment when there's a knock on the door and amanda's just like sydney will you get that and sydney's like uh yeah i guess so she opens the door. It's Dr. Peter Burns. And Sydney's like, oh, great. So I guess you guys want to be alone, huh? And I should take a walk. And this is my own apartment. And you're kicking me out. Great. Bye. And Amanda says, well, exercise is good for you. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter and Amanda, they start talking. And he's telling Amanda that he cut to the chase. He doesn't want Amanda... Um, he, he doesn't want Kimberly locked up for the rest of her life. So by, by, by Amanda not filing stalking charges on top of everything else means that the judge won't go hard on her. Yeah. So he's like one in more essence charge asking Amanda not to file stalking charges against Kimberly. Cause he feels that, the more charges she has pending against her, mm-hmm. the better the likelihood it's going to be that she is going to get some pretty significant jail time. I mean, Mackenzie Hart is dead as a result of a brick and a heart attack. She had a heart attack, Dan. So <laughs> I mean, she could have had that heart attack even if the the building did not blow up. And she definitely attempted murder on like seven people. So. I really don't think a stalking charge is going to make... A make or break the case. Yeah, but, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. That's fine. <laughs> Melrose Place is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, you, you just never know what charge is going to stick. Well, It's we, like, oh, um, all right, we're going to let you off for murder, but this stalking one... I'm sorry. This is what broke the camel's back. You can't skate on the stocking. Now, we learn that Peter feels a little bit of culpability for how everything played out. If he would have been honest with Kimberly about his intentions and feelings for Amanda, he feels that maybe she wouldn't have been pushed over the edge. And Amanda does agree that maybe she played a role as well in Kimberly going off the deep end. However, that doesn't mean she's going to be lenient on the stalking charges. And she says, basically, go to hell. I'm still going to file these charges against her. Yeah. So head over to Matt and his lawyer. The lawyer is basically like, hey, man, uh, heard you got in a fist fight with um, Paul. Not a good thing to do. Yeah, a lot of people at the cafeteria have been talking and they're going to go testify against you at court. And this only makes the fact that the the defense is going to, the prosecution is going to say that you were in a lover's quarrel with him. And, and Matt's shocked by this. He's like, what? No way. That wasn't a lover's quarrel. That's what it looks like, dude. 
Yeah, stay away from Paul. Yeah. And then she and then he's like, Look, uh, we do know, however, that uh Paul has been questioned. And Matt says, Well, this is great. He's gonna crack. And she's like, Well, and this is something I didn't really think about. She's like, Well, look, he may crack, but if he takes a deal, he could still implicate you. He could still plea out and implicate you as like helping him. Right. And so then if he gives you, you up, yeah. You get the brunt of the sentence and then he kind of gets off scot free. Right. Cause he starts singing. Um, so that's a, and, and Matt is, he, he's kind of blown by this. Like, oh shit. I didn't really. All of the intricacies and unfairness of our legal system. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention too this attorney as well, this actress is so gorgeous. She is. Every hot. time I see her, I love, like, her eyes are so beautiful. And she has a nice, like, coiffed hair, like a 90s coif. Yeah, I love, I just think that she's so pretty, too. She's a pretty lady. Let's go to D&D. Brooke is less than pleased that Allison is back to work. So she asks Amanda why Allison's back, and um, she doesn't want her back at all. She t- she tells Amanda that they are not she's not sharing anything with that woman. Brooke asks Amanda if Amanda's getting soft, and Amanda replies that she's not getting soft. She's growing up, so she's showing this nice side to to more people than just Allison. And um, I think I like mature Amanda, but I'm not sure how long. This mature Amanda will no last. way. The ruthless bitch is gonna be back by next episode. You think she better? We'll see. But I mean, Brooke. Brooke has a reason to be sort of pissed off. They went through hell to get um, Allison out, and now she's just back, and now an equal. Yeah, they Brooke. have to share a job together. Yeah, I I would be like, uh, what? Remember? We pop champagne in your in your office and said the queen is dead. <laughs> and I married her ex. Like this is not ideal for me. And you said you were going to look out for me. This isn't this isn't right. So she's got a reason. We now go to Mackenzie Hart Designs. And we see Jane dictating to a couple of assistants how she wants the design to look. She says she wants a five-inch slit, and she wants all of these changes made. Now Richard enters, and he hears these plans, and he is not happy about them. He comes over to this group of people, and he says, no, 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 this is not right. Too radical. This is too radical. This is not how we do it at Mackenzie Hart. So Richard and Jane take a, have a sidebar. And Jane says, it is now. It is now. And they, they just start bickering about how, how things should be done and how, you know, uh, Mackenzie has spent years upon years, like, building a brand, and you can't just come in here and bulldoze it. And then Jane fires back with something like, have these fucking hacks draw something up then, because I'm out. 
She says, if you want a rehash of tired designs, then go right ahead. My designs will get us a spread in vogue. Yours, oh, you might want to bring back the bell bottom, which (laughs) actually, Jane, in about two to three years, the early 2000s, there is a very hard bring back of the bell bottom. So they back. Yeah. So she was trying to like think that that was like the wrong thing to do. But even Richard at like, like when they went out to dinner with Mackenzie, Richard was like, "Look, we want to bring you in, and you know Mackenzie's designs are really tired. There's like a demographic that we're not hitting, and we really feel like you could fill that void. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go and probably surf a little bit, but you know, I'll see you on the one. After that, yeah, and then we'll go up the 405, <laughs> and then we'll hang out on the five, and then we'll take the 170 back to the 14." So Jane is like, fuck off. And as she's leaving, she walks away and she's smiling. And I think this is her putting Allison's tricks into her mix. Oh, yeah. Pushing away with one hand. Drawing them in with with the the other. other. Yeah. That's, That's what's going on here. Now, we got Burns and Michael. They're looking at new, new, new spaces, new offices, because when they had that talk at the cafeteria with uh, Hobbs, that was a topic of discussion, how they need their own space. Because they want to start their own practice. Doing what? We don't know. Not sure. We tried to figure this out. I mean, what kind? Peter's a surgeon. Michael's a... Something. What? Michael delivered Michael delivered babies for a while. He did, and then he did a lot of appendectomies. That was like his like specialty. Then he cured cancer. Like Amanda. Is there going to be a specialty? Are these like Burns and Mancini, doctors of all trades? Yeah. We do everything. Uh, so they're looking for this new space. Michael thinks they should go for it. And they get to talking about Kimberly. And Peter takes this stance of uh, just back the fuck off. And he asks Michael not to go through with a divorce because he thinks Kimberly is way too fragile right now. And that would just sort of throw her out of whack. But it's kind of like, isn't that what you want, Peter? We need to show that she is mentally unstable. He's like, I don't want to see her get screwed over. And he... He treats Michael like his son. He grabs him up by the arm. And he says, listen, you ungrateful little twit. And Michael doesn't do shit. He's just like, hey, watch it. (laughs) Well, Peter does say, look, you are riding my coattails in this scenario. You wouldn't even be out of prison if it wasn't for me. And I'm the one that's basically making this little practice of ours happen. So if you want to continue working with me, you will not bring up Kimberly again Stay out of it. Don't ask me any questions about her and do not divorce her. Get off my back and find me a dentist to fix my lower tooth. Oh, stop. You piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, that is such a low blow. Yeah. Well, that's probably what took out the tooth. (laughs) Now, Kimberly, Kimberly's in her um, psycho sexy clothing. What about being a psychopath or like crazy means you can't wear pants? 
Like, why can't you have it regular clothes? It poses a risk. You could maybe use it to hang yourself. You could use regular clothes to harm yourself in some way. So, like, yeah. So, even if you're a dude, it's like, sorry. If you're that crazy, no bottoms. Only hospital <laughs> gowns. So, she is in um, in a doctor's office doing, like, all Rorschach tests and... Um, she's totally like above it all. And she, she, she offers to, um, to, to, to ask the doctor that maybe she could like draw her own pictures and they can, and then he can interpret those and the doctor goes for it. And he says, sure, let's try it your way. So he sharpens a pencil in his little electric pencil sharpener and then hands it to Kimberly while he goes to get her a piece of paper. And then Kimberly takes the opportunity by taking the pencil and plunging it into the back of the doctor's hand. The doctor's like, oh, my God. She bolts. She runs through the hallway Peter uh, coincidentally sees her start running. He's like, Kimberly, no, don't run. So she heads upstairs, uh, up to the roof, all these like... um, Orderlies and security guards and doctors and nurses. They're all running after them. And then Kimberly sees her chance. She runs to the edge of the roof. She looks down and sees several stories below her. And she starts contemplating... What if I jump? I can end all this pain now. So she refuses to live her life in an insane asylum. And nobody loves her. Nobody cares about her. Now, this is when Peter has to try to convince her not to jump. And he says, Kimberly, I care about you. I love you. I care about you. So she comes down off the ledge. And that's when we take a commercial break and we get a bullshit uh, <laughs> we gray. We get the black and white, in slow-mo, grainy image of Kimberly almost jumping off of the building. Hey, I got a question. Where are all these big buff orderlies before this? Because there's been a lot of people over the years, over the season, storming into Wilshire Memorial and have no sort of repercussions they're only in the psych ward dan oh okay duh that's where they're that's where they're at there's not enough yeah yeah so they concentrate all the security into the psych ward because they have so many crazy people that they need to keep under lock and key i see okay that makes so much sense i'm sorry i even asked that's okay time for D D. There's a design brainstorm between the dream team. Yeah, back to her old old friends. Nobody, no one else is new. Nobody like these. It's just Brooke, Amanda, Billy, and Allison. I'm calling them the dream team from now on. Love it. Uh, they, they. Uh, this episode must be sponsored by Pepsi. Because there's Pepsis in, like, every shot where there's a potentially food. (laughs) Um, So they're talking about this new account. Um, Brooke offers her piece. And then Allison asks for Amanda's opinion. I mean, Amanda asks for Allison's opinion. And Allison is like, well, you know what? I have an opinion. But first, I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Which... (laughs) 
I just feel like the fact that she's blind, it's like she's rendered like, like hardcore special needs. (laughs) She's like, I'm sorry. I can't tell you what my idea is because I need to visit the bathroom. Can somebody please assist me? Now, why isn't Billy leaping at this opportunity? He's the one stopping at her house trying to be like, I care about you. I need you. I want to help you. You're my friend. But he doesn't all, he doesn't. Well, maybe because his new wife is in the room. Mm, True. So Amanda says, okay, Brooke, can you please take Allison to the restroom? Brooke immediately starts crying. Yeah, so Brooke is like, she's like giving Amanda the look like, no, 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 no. Did a bathroom hurt you? (laughs) What's going on? So she's immediately crying and she's like, I, I, I just, I can't. And she storms out and Amanda leaves the room and like grabs Brooke and she's like, hey, snap out of it. You need to apologize to Allison. And Brooke says, you know what? I won't apologize and I can't work here anymore. I'm coming into a great deal of money very soon, so I'm not going to need this job. I quit. Over overtaking a woman to the bathroom. Meanwhile, Allison's sitting in a puddle over her own urine now. <laughs> she's she's joing it. Um, we all remember what happened when Joe was locked down in that crawl oh, yeah. space. Eating poop herself. <laughs> Dude, and Brooke Brooke is no stranger to just entering whatever bathroom she wants. Remember when she like accosted Billy? Oh, how can I forget? And was like, I need you now. I'm not asking again. (laughs) So there's where we leave them. Brooke is no longer working for D&D. And now Brooke and Billy, they show up to meet um, a family lawyer at Haley Armstrong's place to receive Brooke's first uh, trust fund payment. Well, actually, Dan, it's Brooke, Daddy, and the attorney. Mm. And then Billy comes in uninvited by Brooke, which really surprises Brooke. Uh, and she's like, okay. Billy, how did you how did you know that I was here? Because she was intending on keeping this whole inheritance thing a secret from him. So oh, so she probably just stormed over there after she quit and Billy was like I'm going to catch up with her no, after work. Haley invited him to be there. Uh, so Haley set this up as kind of like placing a wedge between Billy and Brooke because he knows his daughter. He knows that she's greedy. He knows that she wants to keep this under wraps. And it's probably pretty transparent that, hey, we got married within knowing each other for like three weeks Here's the reason why a huge contingency on accepting the inheritance is I had to be married and I wanted money. <laughs> yep. So after she says, oh, Billy, you probably have better things to do. Why don't you leave? He says, no, I, I'd like to be here. Like, no, I drove to Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, I'm right? here. I'm not going anywhere. It's a 45 minute ride <laughs> with no traffic. <laughs> So we learn uh, about what Brooke has inherited. She opens up an envelope. It's like the moment of truth. She's going to get paid right now, we think. But she looks at the check and she's like, $10,000? How am I supposed to live off of $10,000? And Billy like sees this and he's like, 
Go digger. Go yeah. digger. He's not happy about it. We learned that this is the first check of many to come every year for over like the course of, I think they said 10 years or something. Yeah. So she's only going to get $10,000 per year for a total of like a hundred grand. So to her, I think she was expecting to inherit several hundred thousand dollars, if not into the millions. Mm-hmm. And so she's very disappointed. If someone handed me a check for $10,000, I think I'd be, be tap dancing. <laughs> like, we made it. Mama, I made it. I'm a thousandaire. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We would, we would paint the town. Uh, but Billy, you know, Billy is looking at Brooke in a new light. He's starting to see that she is kind of fraudulent, you know? Right, so he storms and out of the room. What is this room? It's like plaid. It's, they have like plaid trim. Yeah, it across looks like everything. Like a hunting lodge. Yeah, but then it has this like Beauty and the Beast like library. Gaston lives there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's v- it's very w- oddly designed. It really that I don't know if that is at the Pasadena residence or if it's at the attorney's place or if they're like seriously at the mansion from Beauty and the Beast. It's disgusting. It's like <laughs> it's like Paul Bunyan like. I fucked a log cabin. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, disgusting. So Billy leaves and Brooke runs after him along with Haley and she turns to her father and says, why do you try to destroy my happiness? And Haley says, Billy can't help you, Brooke. Now we go to Richard's place. Richard Hart's place. And guys, Richard's place sucks. It's all steps. And a mirrored door. (laughs) The door is literally a mirror. This place reminds me of like an indoor pool. It's really strange. (laughs) You ever been to like Splashdown or like any sort of pool where there's like tubes? What's Splashdown? There's this place in Columbia, Maryland where it had an indoor pool and then you, it had a section where you like walked up this like bunch of steps with like big metal bars like blocking uh, just like like richard's place and <laughs> like up to slides yeah up to inner tubes like slides in indoor slides and you just go down there and splash into the pool splash down <laughs> so like i like how you say that like we should all know what splash down his is. place looks like splash down y'all because <laughs> there is it's just this piping like the step the railings are just all pipes it's very it's like i think it's supposed to be like ooh, very modern very minimalist but it's just like it's no. like it's made it, i feel like it's made of like playground you know <laughs> You know, like a jungle gym? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's that. I couldn't get over it. But um, key takeaway from this scene is that Richard calls Mackenzie Mac for short. <laughs> and, no, another big thing that I learned is that he was in Harvard <laughs> Business School. <laughs> he says, there I was in Harvard Business School. Mac walks in. <laughs> And she had my heart ever since. You know, Cowabunga. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and Mac, we were really, really tying one on for a while. And then we made out, and she, but she's really old. 
<laughs> then you came into the picture, and I never lied to Mac ever, except when I started to fall in love with you. <laughs> now, yeah, I definitely love you after like two days, <laughs> but don't try to tell me how to bury my ex-wife. <laughs> We're gonna have fun with fucking Patrick Muldoon, guys. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get his fucking impression down. Oh my god. Jane does apologize here too. He said she says that like, I'm sorry, I didn't handle the death of your wife very well, and I'm here now to support you. Don't worry about it, Jane. We're changing your headstone. <laughs> We're going to name it Anonymous. <laughs> it's just going to say, here lies Mac. No, it's going to say, here lies not Mackenzie. <laughs> here lies not Jane. <laughs> Why is he morphing into Zoolander right now? <laughs> he is. All right. Let's go to shooters. We're at Happy Jess's Dead Party. <laughs> And Jake is freaking wasted. Oh, he is we on one. We haven't really seen Jake like this drunk ever. He is on one. He's hitting on Amanda straight out the gate. Uh, he's got three beers in front of him. And, you know, he's not in shooter's gear. And, you know, as, as a person working at a restaurant, I used to hate it when the owner would be there like just hanging out fucked up like, yeah go there's so much pressure and i'd be like why the fuck is he here man he's gonna get mad at me or something i don't know but jake is like hey free drinks guys how do you like that and then everyone cheers is and the camera kind of pans over to jane brooke and billy and um jane is like hey you know what brooke um now that i'm with Mackenzie hart um, maybe we can do some business together. And Billy throws some shade. He's like, well, fucking Brooke here is all about a discount or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we get we get Michael at Shooters. When's the last time we saw Michael at Shooters? Never. Michael strolls in and... I forget what he's there to do. Well, for the first thing we see is Joe and Matt, and they're talking about kind of their problems there. And Matt's regaling Joe of what's going on with his court case. And oh, Joe yeah. is like, he he thinks that he needs to take matters into his own hands no, and bro. force Paul to confess. Bro, that's dumb, bro. And Joe is like, <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think that's a good idea at all. When I try to take matters into my own hands, I lost my baby. I mean, I might still have my baby if I didn't try to go shoot the if i listen to my lawyer i might have had my baby still <laughs> so her advice is to listen to whatever the lawyer is telling matt but guess what that's a lie because joe you did have your baby you won you got the baby and then you were like ah, i'll give it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you had it you fucking had it man so um now we cut to Sydney um, basically leaving. She's like, all right, I got to go. I'm off my shift because she works at Shooters again. And um, Jake grabs a beer and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going, girl? What, what you doing? Come on and have one. I'll buy you a drink. 
And Sid's like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm going to go home. And then Jake, since he's so Jake fucked up. Jake is really pushy. <clears throat> and she says, I'm not going to watch you self-destruct. Stop it. Like, I know you're going through a lot now. And he's getting really handsy with her. Yeah. And then she's basically like, you know what? I quit. He, no, he was like, if you leave, you're fired. And she was like, you can't because I quit. Yeah, and she's gone. And then Jake's like, all right, you're lost. Then he eyeballs Joe. And he hears a song on the jukebox, and he goes over to Joe and says, come on, Joe, this is our song. And guys, the generic song that is their song is bad. So please, tell us what that song was. Um, so Joe reluctantly like, kind of comes with Jake, and um, they start dancing, and he's getting handsy with her now. And she's like, come on, Jake, fucking stop. And she's like, let me go. He isn't letting her go. He's continuing to like freaking terrorize her. Then Matt takes a fucking shot of uh, cocaine up his nose. And he's like, (laughs) Matt hauls off and just punches Jake in the face. Twice. He's really just like Matt. Matt's kind of like a bully. Dude, there's not a scene in this episode where he's not like fighting. Really? So he he's punching Jake in the face. And uh, Matt uh, gets broken up again by Michael. That's why Michael's there. Michael's just like Matt's bodyguard. And so Jake just retreats to his office. And Joe f- follows him in there, and Jake's sitting in the chair, and we get this moment where he's like, I killed my brother. It's through tears. He's crying. I killed my big brother. And all, <laughs> I killed big brother. <laughs> and all Joe can do is just, you know, hug him and be there for him, because she's uh, a good friend. Joe, I'm so sad. Today. <laughs> I'm so sad I used my brother as a flotation device. <laughs> I exploded him. We now head over to Michael and Peter's new office. It is fully furnished. And we get, we have our old school music. Yeah, we get a little glimpse of like season one. That little like playful, oh, lots of hot girls waiting on the couch to be interviewed to see who's going to be the receptionist. Yeah, Michael is like. A pimp at this point? This looks like one of the 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 whore parties that happened at the beach house. <laughs> Honestly, too, the girl that he is is auditioning. I don't even know, like interviewing. He's like touching her, and then she comes out and she's like stroking his tie. Like, what did y'all talk about? Like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like, really, what does this job entail? Luckily, Peter comes in. And I mean, I don't think I've ever said that, that luckily Peter is anywhere. And he's like, okay, girls, sorry we wasted your time, but the position has been filled. You can all go home now. And Michael is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, man? This is the most fun I had since college. And Peter says, look, if we have somebody here that's attractive that you and I both want to be with, it's going to be a competition as to who's going to get her into bed first. We need to hire somebody that's so unattractive. We are not going to want to do anything with her. And so on cue, Sydney walks in. Who is 
extraordinarily attractive. I mean, the most, the cutest, <laughs> mo- like charming little kid sister you could ever, ever it's care like, to know. It's like in not another teen movie when they're like, Lainey Boggs. Ew, her glasses and her overalls. And ponytail. Ugh, you can never change those things. <laughs> Cut to a three-headed person. <laughs> like someone. I have no pigments. <laughs> I need sunscreen. Yeah, like Sydney is no uh, consolation prize. She's absolutely stunning. And have you noticed her hair is much less red? Bangs, and she got the bangs. She, she bangs. She bangs. So Michael's like, what are you doing here, Sid? And she's like, oh, nothing. Um, I'm in the market for a job. Know anyone who's hiring? And she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you later. And then Michael thinks this is a good idea. He's like, you know what? I think you should be the receptionist here. Yeah, we have a job for you. So I guess she's going to be working for Michael. Oh, and she even says, but I don't have any medical training. And he's like, don't worry. Yeah, meh, whatever. <laughs> we don't even know what this practice is either. So. We don't either, man. You see the girls we were interviewing? <laughs> They're literally strippers. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been one of those, so. So you fit the bill. <laughs> you tick all the boxes. Jungle Jane. Jungle Jane. Heading on over to D&D. Brooke is back after having the 10 grand check that she thought was going to be... Hundred grand check. And Amanda says that she's only taking this meeting with Brooke because Billy talked her into it and she only has five minutes, so Brooke better plead her case. And Brooke basically says, Look, money or no money, I need a career to keep me fulfilled. So I'd like to know, can I work back here again? And Amanda says, sure, you could definitely come work back at D&D. However, your old position has been filled. So if you do want to come back, you're going to have to be Allison's assistant. <laughs> oh, and what did you say? I've grown soft. Yeah, I guess I am because I'm going to let you have this job. Oh, my God. Could you imagine you quit and then like not even like 12 hours later, your <laughs> boss is like, You come back, but your job is way worse. (laughs) And you're getting paid way less. (laughs) And so Brooke is like, I'll take it. I'm growing soft, too. It's like, what? What is happening, guys? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? And here's my question. Thinking deeply about this, why would Allison be on board with this? Do you know what happened last time Brooke was your assistant? Yeah, she totally screwed you over and lied to you the whole time. I'd be like, I'm not going to work alongside that woman. Is there another department that Brooke can go? Or like not hire her back? Yeah. Can she like float into some other thing? Why do I have to like directly work with Brooke? Please get her away. Um, So let's head over to... Peter talking with the doctor that got stabbed in the hand by a pencil via crazy Kimberly. Um, Peter is backing Kimberly again, vouching for her, saying that um, she needs another like insanity session. 
um, with a different doctor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, like Kimberly was a doctor here. She was a great doctor here. We owe it to her to like see if she's batshit. So reluctantly, they are granted another evaluation to see if she is competent to stand trial. But doesn't stabbing this guy in the hand sort of rest the case? I feel like it only <laughs> works in her benefit. Yeah. Because it just shows... Well, I mean, it's all how you spin it. You could say that she's a total malicious, terrible, just crime-ridden person that's out to cause maximum amount of harm. Or you could try to spin it like this woman be crazy. Yeah, I'm like, look, we had a psych evaluation, but she didn't get through it. Because she stabbed the doctor. And then she tried to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> she only came down after I told her I loved her. <laughs> which I don't. But, I mean, I I know this is a TV show, but I feel that like a lot of the treatment of crazy people is what makes them crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. You keep that girl in a box in no pants. <laughs> And see how fucking nuts I'll get. You know? See how crazy the sanest person would be. No TV, cold, no shoes. I think the no TV would do it for you. Yeah. You would be like rendered completely I'd insane. Bite somebody's neck off. Like, <laughs> let me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm totally crazy. I need to watch my Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) That's Dan's guilty pleasure. I'm sorry to put you on blast, but Hallmark and Lifetime, he makes me watch a new one every night, and I'm not kidding. (laughs) I love a good cheesy Christmas flick. They're the best. So if you have recommendations, (laughs) let me know. And a lot of the Melrose Place casts are in them. Oh, yeah. Muldoon's in, in some. Yeah. Daphne Zuniga. Yep. Got a lot of Peter and a lot of Jane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are, what was the wedding? The wedding day. The wedding march. The I wedding think march. How many times they get married? Because there's like wedding march one, <laughs> wedding march two, <laughs> wedding march three. But got on a real note, um, some of my favorites, 12, date, 12 Dates of Christmas, starring Amy Smart. Um, Holiday in Handcuffs. Duh, that's your favorite. Starring Mario Lopez and uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And, um, oh, what's the other one? Shit. There's so many, Dan. There's so many. We just watched A Very Merry Toy Store. Oh, yeah. A Very Merry Toy Store starring a Melissa reprise Joan Hart. of <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart and Mario, and Mario Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> they are just adorable <laughs> together. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Okay. So... Next scene, we are back at Melrose Place where Jake is coming to Joe's door to apologize. And he tells Joe that he needs her. And she says, I need you too. They hug. They're friends again. Things are good. Yay. They're going to get back together. Now, weirdest scene of the show, I would like to say. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, this scene and the next are the weirdest. Billy comes to Jane's house with no key. All right. He just walks he in. He opens the door and he's bringing in takeout for dinner. Like this is something he does all the time. Yeah. And he's like, food's here. 
bringing food in. Jane's not there. Allison is in the shower. We hear room. Yeah. So of course, with Allison's little manipulative skills, she hears Billy come in and she pretends like she falls out of the shower. Right. So Billy like runs into the bathroom, comes to grab her off the floor. And like, there's this like odd, just odd blocking of like, like Billy, they're like, trying to show you that like Billy's like giving her body a couple looks because she's like naked, like Billy help. And then he comes in and like puts like brights her up and like gets like a towel and puts it around her. And then yeah. she's like, thanks. And then at that moment, Jane comes home and then you can see it in Allison's face. Like, damn it. Like, cause Jane <laughs> comes in and then he gets all like, Oh, like self-conscious. Like I got to leave because this is going to look really bad. If someone sees me like with naked Allison and I just married someone like four days ago. And I have a boner. <laughs> So he like storms out and then Jane like walks back and is like, hey, did you trick him? How'd it go? (laughs) (laughs) And then Allison's like, Billy hasn't seen me naked in a long time. (laughs) And they're like, high five. We got him. Thanks for the Chinese. (laughs) So weird. All right. Next weird scene. (laughs) It's it's Brooke and Dad, and Brooke's dad is like morphing into Hugh Hefner. <laughs> he really is. Maybe they were at the Playboy Mansion last time. Yeah, that's really what it looks like. He's morphing into half. Brooke's giving her dad the lowdown on what's been going on. And Jenny, in this scene, I kept thinking that Brooke was gonna make out with her dad. What? I thought like there was going to be this like weird reveal oh, like dad. <laughs> You know? What was that hand gesture about? Like like massaging his fucking <laughs> shoulders. Dad just reached his hand out and pantomime like needing something. <laughs> yeah, like I just thought they were going to kiss and I was like really irked by it. But um Brooke wants to she wants to like be rid of Allison. He's like, she's like, Allison's back to work. I'm her assistant. Um, and the dad's like, oh, that's a shame. I really liked Allison. And he's, I mean, he fucking sent her to China for you. And you just like let her back in. Um, so she's like, daddy, I really, I just need some more money. And can you float me alone? And he's like, sure, darling, anything for you. And he goes over to his checkbook and he writes this check out for $100,000 and he gives it to Brooke and says, well, here you go, $100,000 for you, Brooke. And she's like, oh, daddy, thank you so much. But as soon as he gave it to her, he rips it out of her hand and says, and you only get this money on the condition that you divorce Billy. Done. And then her face is like, Daddy! <gasps> and then credits. And why didn't he offer this to her before they got married? Yeah. Why did he want them to go to Hawaii? So badly. It's like, I why think... Why did he pay for a wedding? I think Billy... That was it. Because when Billy said, I'm not going to Hawaii with Brooke, he's like, that's it. He's done. Hmm. That was it. But, like, you don't, 
you don't write a hundred grand check knowing that like they're not gonna take it. She's gonna take it, Dan. Right. So like he knows that a hundred grand is gonna get her to do what she what he wants. Mm-hmm. He's wanted her to dump Billy forever. Then like you should have given her money before. Yeah, he's had this hundred grand. Why not just be like, Daddy, I'm getting married on Saturday. Can we do it at your house? No, bitch. Here's a hundred grand. Okay. Don't get married. Don't get married. Let me just keep watching you bang your boyfriend. <laughs> what was her last boyfriend's name? It was something weird. Like, I have no idea. Wasn't it? Oh, Lowell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Lowell. I got Lowell. Lowell's waiting for you in the basement. Lowell. <laughs> okay, let's recap. Allison gets her job back. We learned that Brooke gets inheritance on the condition that she's married. Then she quits her job and gets rehired as a secretary. No, as (laughs) Allison's assistant. Peter and Michael open up their own practice. Matt punches everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Kimberly attempts suicide, but is talked down by Peter. Billy sees Allison naked. (laughs) And Brooke's dad will give her a hundred grand if she divorces Billy. Jake's struggling with the fact that he exploded his brother on the ground. Why are you turning into what's his name? Stefan. Stefan. New York's hottest club is Boingo. (laughs) (laughs) This club has everything. A troll. Three bathrooms, graham crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is really falling off. It really it? is, guys. It's like 2 a.m. <laughs> Not kidding right now. Oh, man. So, all, was that the recap? That's the recap. 90s moments. 90s moments. I've got Timberland boots. Oh, gotta love them Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Gotta let them Timberlands Wow That should be the commercial The slogan (laughs) 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 Okay um, Non-branded coffee cups Gotta let them Timberlands Oh, shit. <laughs> you gotta say, like, gotta love them Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> what in the hell? All right. Good night. <laughs> in the opening credits, there's a dude, like, aggressively playing hacky sack at night. <laughs> it's the new credits. Like, <laughs> Gotta be a 90s thing By himself <laughs> He's playing like He's playing like real hard too Like Like putting all his might into it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice him before um, On episode one But This one I was like Oh wow Yeah He's yeah. really getting that hard um, The Thelma and Louise reference mm-hmm. um, Pepsi Cola Peter's weird, like, round dot tie. <laughs> oh, God. So bad. Um, p- 
pencils in general. Yeah. A lot of pencils this episode. Sydney's bangs. She bangs. She bangs. Um, hiring or well, interviewing only hot, like sexy women. looks. <laughs> yeah. That would not fly. And any woman in that waiting room would be like, what the fuck's going like, on here? Why am I here? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. And I'm suing this place. I've already taken pictures and tweeted them. <laughs> uh, the Terminator reference. Oh. When they're like, she's the Terminator sent back from hell to end us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Brooke and Amanda's pastel miniskirt power suits. Oh, God. And all of the artwork at Mackenzie Hart. It's like that like abstract. One of them, I swear, it just looks like a ghost. It looks like someone drew like like a rudimentary like elementary school or drew like a ghost. And that was like Dude, art. For Mac- like Mackenzie Hart, like that building doesn't match what they are trying to say that Mackenzie Hart is. You know? Yeah. It's this like huge conglomerate of like fringe fashion and their building it looks like a fucking UPS store. Yeah. <laughs> it's really <laughs> bad. It's really bad. I agree. Okay, um all of these episodes have a lesson. Dan, what did you learn from this one? It was very hard to find a lesson for this episode cuz it was like all over the place. But I'm going to go with a lesson from a few episodes ago, um, don't propose to people because you lose at air hockey. Because odds are that they're not, their heart's not in it if they're willing to accept. Yeah. And clearly, we're finding that Brooke is not genuine. Yeah, mine is. Don't quit your job until you have something else better lined up mm-hmm. or else you may find that you get demoted to someone's assistant and yeah. it's not good news. 10 grand. Hmm. Now it's time for bitch, bitch of, of the, the week. week. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. All right, gang. Last week, I said that Jane was the bitch. And Jenny said that Haley Armstrong was the bitch. And with a vote, 17 to 9, Jane is the bitch of the week. What? So, with that being said, let's read your comments. Sherry says, I'm going with Dan Hill on this one. Jan Mancini is the bitch of the week for sure. The way she had no regard for Richard's feelings on losing his wife in such a horrific way, that's really messed up. All Jane could think about was getting back to business as usual of being there instead of being there emotionally for Richard for supporting him through a difficult ordeal. That's a new low, even for Jane. Come on, Jane. Richard just lost his wife. Show some compassion for once instead of thinking of your own selfish needs. So I am agreeing with you, Dan. Jane is the bitch of the week. Hands down. Bingo. Eric said, I'm going with Jane. Jane, who has known Richard for all of like a week, 
and is already telling him how to deal with his wife's death. Yeah, for real, though. I almost expect Richard to be all, hey, lady, I hardly know you. Leave me alone. I bet if Mackenzie didn't die, Jane would hire those models again and try to get her to order a pastrami sandwich from a lemonade stand or something. Pastrami on rye? But I want to give an honorable mention to Amanda and the way she's handled the living situation for her tenants. <laughs> Think if this was real life and after a hurricane and your landlord says, sorry, I'm not going to put you up in the hotel. You're going to have to double up and live with this creepy guy named Henry from the less damaged part of the building. <laughs> That's great. That's a great one. Spencer says, Jane, you're the bitch. You must be thrown into a pool. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Donald says, so happy you guys are back. The episode was fantastic. Thanks, Donald. Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope your Thanksgiving was great. Mine was anyway. Mine was anyway. Um, I'm going. Mine was anyway. Uh, I got you. Mine was anyway. I'm going with Dan this week because I really don't get Jane's deal and the fact that she just takes it upon herself to take over a business that she has not been working for that long makes no sense. And the fact and the fact that Richard going along with it, um, he even says that I can't believe I buried my wife under a name she barely acknowledged. And it was like, it's not like Jane was like forcing to do that. So I don't understand why he went along with her plans. I mean, she's just an employee, but this is Melrose place and he will probably go bad at some point. I mean, this is Jane. She's got a track record for these types of men on this show. So we'll see what happens. John says, definitely, Haley. Agree with everything Jenny said. Thank you, John. But Mm. also, who hosts a wedding with no reception and no open bar? Thank you. (laughs) These people are animals. The man has even more money than God, and he can't even host a wedding reception for his daughter. There's no fucking way I'd show up with a gift to that wedding and not get a meal and an open bar out of it. That This ass is a bitch for sure. Yes. Thank you. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Jamie said, had to go with Jane this week. Her entire attitude with the Mackenzie and Richard situation is super cold, especially after Mackenzie's death by brick and heart attack. <laughs> You added that last part. (laughs) Heatherina says, I have to go with Jane here. She is all about herself and her career. She doesn't care about Richard or the fact that he's grieving his wife that died in an explosion. They were all in. (laughs) It's all business as usual with with her. And she's become an off-brand Amanda. The reason why I can't give Bitch of the Week to Haley Armstrong is because he has every right to be pissed that his daughter was in an explosion. That is actually a really good point, Heatherina. The day of her wedding when she was supposed to be on a plane to Hawaii. Plus, Billy is staying mainly because of Allison and Brooke and Haley know it. If Allison was never in that explosion, Billy and Brooke would be on their honeymoon. Brooke called Haley and said that they weren't going to Hawaii. He knows Brooke well enough to know that she called and complained. That is, Mm. you know what? To look at it from their perspective, I think you bring up a lot of really good points. Yeah, 
if your daughter was in a freaking explosion because they decided to go back to like the the guy's apartment that you don't really approve of anyway, that would be like another huge strike against him. Yeah. It's true. Viv says, I don't like my decision because she's my favorite character, but I have to give Jane the nod for being a cold, heartless bitch with Richard's situation and Mackenzie's death. It's great that she's getting more of a backbone this season, but did she lose her empathy and moral decency? Richard just lost his wife, and Jane is already making demands for the company. I don't think Jane and Richard are both responsible for Mackenzie's demise. Hmm. Well, I like seeing Jane like this, too. (laughs) Greg says, oh, Gregory says, it has begun. Say goodbye to quote unquote sweet Jane. I have a feeling she will get many nominations for Bitch of the Week this season. Wow. Wow. A lot of people telling us that Jane's turning a corner. I love sweet Jane. Uh, Scott says, I have finally caught up so I can play Bitch of the Week. And the first one is a doozy. Yes, Jane was a cold, cold bitch this week. I'm surprised she didn't try to give Richard a hand job over his <laughs> old, over his old, uh, old BTW, I'm 42, wife's grave, <laughs> or at least a reach around as he bent down to put flowers on the grave. Keep an eye out for new haircuts in the next few apps. Love new season haircuts. Me too, Scott. You can always tell when a new season starts. Everybody has like new color, mm. new cuts, new styles. We know Sydney's got the bangs now. And less red. Yeah. She's less ready. More Auburn. Well. <clears throat> good stuff, guys. You made a really good case for Dan. I got to hand it to you. Jane was a pretty big bitch. Total bitch, man. I concede to you. So for that, Dan, you get to nominate first this week. This week, I am going with none other than Matt Fielding. What? Oh, yeah. Just because he punched a lot of people in the face. Dude, Matt, you should not. you cannot settle all your beefs with fisticuffs, okay? It's fucked up. Like, maybe Paul had it coming, fine, but mm, messing with his relationship with that new that new orderly or whatever, that's kind of bitchy. Then, like... Dan, he... Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Paul framed him for murder. It doesn't mean you can go messing up his dates at the cafeteria. Anywho, then you go to Jake. Like... Have Jake and Matt exchanged like 16 words to each other through the course of three seasons? I don't think so. In fact, the only cool outing they've ever done together was Bungee Jump with Billy in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can't just go around punching people who just m- killed their brother. Like, obviously, he's hurting. And you're at the party. You're drinking free drinks. And then you go and punch Jake in the face twice because he was dancing with his ex-girlfriend. You know, there needs to be a buffer period of like telling Jake like, hey, back off. Don't mess with don't mess with my new roommate. All right. <laughs> it's it's pretty bitchy. Should not be punching Jake. Okay. 
Well, Dan, thank you so much for your submission this week. I, on the other hand, am going to nominate Brooke Armstrong. Why? Because we are finally seeing that below all of these mm, daddy girl layers that she's really a gold digger at heart. All she cares about is money, and I think that was the only motivation she had to marry Billy. That and maybe some sick kind of competition that she had going on with her and Allison in her brain, wanting to come out on top and being like, oh, I have your job and your man, and I am a kajillionaire. But guess what? She got slammed down. She only gets $10,000, which I'm glad to see that happen to her. But I really think that we are seeing this really terrible side of Brooke, and it's sad that she's motivated by that. So I think she is obviously the bitch of this episode. I ain't saying she a gold digger. She ain't messing with no broke. All right. Well, you guys know where to vote. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Vote for Matt or vote for Brooke. For Matt, though. So, this episode was called Melrose is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I think we can do better. Jenny, what are you going to rename this one? Inconvenient Inheritance. <laughs> That's a mouthful. You know what? I think it's better than <clears throat> life. Melrose is like a box of chocolates. I can't even talk. I do too. Okay, what do you say? I say we rename this one. Shit. Cream. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> what? <laughs> A Wu-Tang Clan reference, but it makes sense because cash rules everything around Brooke. I thought you were talking about Eric Clapton. (laughs) That's how varied our musical references are. No, man. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's all Brooke cares about. So we both had Brooke. Brooke, uh, Brooke Brooke centered titles. Yep. Okay, we better wrap this up before we actually die from being delirious. Here are my predictions. Jane is becoming very devious. Um, I think Jake is going to get back with Joe. I think Allison is going to keep tricking Billy with little, little blind sexy tricks. Like, (laughs) oh, can you help me find the remote? Oh, that's your dick. Sorry. Just keep on tricking them. Keep tricking them. Excuse me, Billy. I can't find my legs to shave them. Will you? A little higher. A little Uh, higher. (laughs) Oh, dang it. Forgot where my boobs are. Need to give myself a test. Can you help me find them? Yeah. Um, Brooke is definitely divorcing Billy. I mean, who wouldn't? Hundred grand or Billy? Hundred grand every day over Billy. God, she's gonna get paid to divorce Billy. (laughs) That's that's something that like any girl would love. 
You think girls like diamonds? No. Girls like a hundred grand for dumping Billy. <laughs> um, Matt, I think Matt's just going to fight his way through every man on the show. Um, I think Kimberly will plead insanity. And my next prediction is a qu- two questions. Michael and Sydney? Peter and Sydney? <laughs> Is that going to happen? Yeah, I actually have that too in my per, uh, predictions, but I think it's Peter and Sydney. We've seen Michael and Sydney many times before. I think they're going to shake it up, and I think that that whole thing about you need to hire someone that we're not attracted to at all is a lot of foreshadowing because at that moment, Sydney walks in. So I think that that's a little taste of what's to come. I think that Brooke is definitely dumping Billy for that 100 Gs. Bye. I think Allison gets Billy back in two episodes. Two episodes? <laughs> two. Not the next one, but the next one. Billy, can you help me find my butt? <laughs> 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 That's not even that funny, but I'm just yeah. laughing. Um, Jane pushes Richard out of Mackenzie Hart and takes over. Wow. I think that Amanda's soft side doesn't last long, and Matt has lots of trial stuff. Matt has lots of trial stuff. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, guys, we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at MelrosePod. You can email us, MelrosePod at gmail.com. Request to join our secret, cool, closed Facebook group where we talk a lot of Melrose Place stuff. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love getting those. And we love reading them on the podcast. And hit us up. Let me know if you want a button or something. I'll send you one. You gotta love the Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Go on, say it. We love Smut. And we love you. <laughs> <laughs>